And I'm like, these men exist where they're bothering people just trying to do their jobs. Just women working somewhere and some guy's like, yeah, she wants to fuck me. Yeah. I'm going to... Well, it's tough, I, it's tough to get laid as a man. You know, you got to be pushy. Hey. Panties. 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 Well, Starting it, it off dirty. This is not going to be usable. If nope. This one goes up first. But I guess it won't. Doesn't matter. If you use the panties thing later, you're not going to explain it every time. That's true. Oh, that's going to be my new intro on stage. Ladies and gentlemen, the panties comedian. Panties. Panties. Charles Panties, ladies and gentlemen. Charles W. Panties. <laughs> Somebody the other day I heard asking if my name was a stage name. Ugh, why would you choose that one? I don't know. I'm still holding off for that you actually are the heir of the D- Disney fortune, and this whole time you've just been testing me to see if I'll still be friends with you. And oh, like one a, day. A Willy Wonka-esque yeah. test. <laughs> one day you'll be like, You it's... lose, sir. <laughs> Good day. <laughs> one day you'll be like, you really are my friend, and give me a show deal. What show would I control? Is <laughs> <laughs> Air of the Disney Fortune? Uh, yeah, because they, they control Disney's programming choices. Yes. The Avengers was secretly greenlit by <laughs> Disney heirs. I know you hate it when people mention jokes of theirs on the podcast, but your joke about, yes, I'm related. I'm buying a mattress off you from Craigslist yeah. <laughs> is one of my favorite jokes. Thank you. That literally happens so regularly where the joke is always about this me being asked questions about my Disney heritage in situations where like, okay, you shouldn't need to ask because I'm doing something so low rent. Yeah, that, right, exactly. And it happened uh, when I moved because the U-Haul guy was like, so any relation? I'm like, I'm renting like a $19 U-Haul truck from you. <laughs> and then it happened again at the end of three hours of open mic comedy at the Hollywood Hotel, and I'm putting away the microphone, and this guy's like, any relation? I was like, you just watched me do stand-up for like four people. <laughs> no. Yeah, they don't understand that, that that's how Hollywood actually works, though. What? They all think that if you, you know, maybe you're just trying to work your way up like everyone else. I don't know. If I, if I, had, a, if I had a leg yeah. up, I would be You'd connected. Be yeah. Anybody I know that has ever had any kind of connection to yeah. the entertainment industry already had a great job right. from their mid-20s onwards. You would have, had, you would have starred in iCharlie. Yeah. 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 It My, doesn't, it, there's no, no merit. It's all, it's all nepotism. It's all completely fake. I yeah. had, I had a, there's a guy I went to college with who his dad is like a high-level executive at Warner Brothers. And within like a few years of graduating college, he's like writing on TV. In yeah. fact, while he was in college. Uh, what, what a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, what a shock. Uh, How yeah. did this happen? <laughs> I have no idea. It must be merit. It's yeah. one of the worst things that they don't tell kids when you're going to college. Pick your college based on what you want to do and what rich people involved in there go to. Yeah. Yeah. Like if yeah. you can go... Like so many people in USC become... TV producers and stuff because even if they don't set out to do that and are related to people they make friends with someone who is that's it go to USC if you want to be a television producer because you'll meet them not to be too negative though I don't want to be too negative our friend friend of the show Julio have you met Julio 
You've met my friend Julio. No. He edited It Follows. Yeah. You've told me about it. Oh, that's a great movie, So it's a great movie. And they have a new movie coming out called Under the Silver Lake that looks really good. Same director? Yeah, Andrew Garfield, who I do not like. But it's the same director. All do you know all of those dudes? So the whole It Follows team went to Florida State that's, Film. That's a big film school, school. which is yeah. now like because apparently he. I was like, why does like why is Florida State? He was like, you know what? We there's like not when I was there, there really wasn't much of a reputation, but all we did was just make movies. Yeah, that's all we did. Like what? it was there was no bullshit. It was just making movies. The Moonlight guys went there. Yeah. And uh, another big director. When, who was, when I, I was applying, remember. that was one of the ones that was on the list of like yeah. good film schools. When yeah, I was applying to film school. So it's not all just nepotism. No, those guys made no. it through I, I the don't, skin of I, their teeth. I don't want to uh, say that it's always nepotism. Yeah. I just want to say that anybody that I know who has a leg up or is used it uh, yeah. and it is connected. Is successful. Also, you There's mentioned nobody yeah. that is not There's from no- the comedic world where we're geared more towards being writers and stuff. Writers' rooms are oh, yeah. really oh, yeah. bad. writers' rooms are 100 percent really That's, bad. That is true. Set work, yes, a lot of people have earned their way up. One of my best friends went to DeSales. It's a tiny ass uh, Lehigh Valley college. Uh, nobody's ever heard of it. He went for filmmaking. He's now like a huge gaffer. He gaffed the Daredevil. Netflix Daredevil, a bunch of other shows, Search Party. He's like a really, really, really talented gaffer. Doesn't know shit. Doesn't know anybody. No. You know, did it all on with the skin of his own hands. Uh, but generally, when you get into like those cushy, starting, yeah, it's those salary, middle sixty k. Right. It's the it, the Pareto principle non doers in the writers' room who don't actually contribute anything, right. but they take the paycheck. I, those are all the sons of people. I, right. I'm going to keep this vague. I know someone who worked in a writer's room on a successful network sitcom. And uh, not long after they got that job, their offspring, who had no long-term creative writing background, was suddenly also hired into that sitcom writer's room. It's like, well, talent must run in your family. Well, but I mean, that's partially true in some ways. I mean, if you grow up seeing your dad write on TV shows, yeah, you, uh, you are going to be better at it because you know more about That's it. there, but it's also like, all right. No, yeah. This is very... The annoying thing is when it's somebody's uncle, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. Um, also, like, and again, I don't want to name names, but there's a guy who I had seen when I was PAing and writers, being like a writer's assistant. Uh, he got two or three reality TV writing jobs. Now, whatever. It's not that uh, shiny of a title, but you know, he's feeding his family and paying his rent with this. And this guy routinely on his Facebook will put on the, he does like a car. He's like a cartoonist. He will put like offensively like family circle, bad cartoons. And when I like, I had to unfollow him because it was like getting, it started bothering me. Like I would see these things and be like, you are currently making 60 to $80,000 a year and nobody will return my calls. Right. And like, I'm not, I'm a comedian. I've like Charles said earlier before we started recording, praise makes me very nervous and feeling confident makes me very nervous. So if I can look at someone and be like, I deserve it, what you have and you don't, like you have to be egregiously bad <laughs> at your job. Like, Just aggravatingly yeah. bad. Uh, yeah. Horrendously so. I was caught in this web of lies at JC Penney's because <laughs> <laughs> I was there and... I was looking at furniture because I need a coffee table and I was just poking around and this sales lady came up to me and she was like, oh, are you looking for anything? And I was like, yeah, I need a coffee table for my apartment. So she was taking me around and she actually showed me this nice coffee table. I came with two other pieces 
and it was nice, but I was like, I don't really feel like making this commitment. And, uh, she was like, so what do we need to do? What, how do we need to go? And I was like, oh, I, my wife needs to see the coffee table. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay. Is your wife with you? And I was like, no, she's at home, but I can bring her back and we can look at the coffee table. <laughs> she's like, okay, that'd be great. Uh, when do you think you'd be back? And I was like, when do you work? <laughs> she was like, well, I'll be here these days, these days, these days. And I get commissioned, so it's great if you can come when I'm here. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get her to come out. Yeah. And then she's like, great, because we're having a sale. It's going to be 20% off. And then you sign up for the JCPenney's card. It's another 20% off. So it was a, like $800 thing, and I'd have to pay like very little for it. Uh, so I leave, and then I'm walking around the mall and I'm like fuck I should buy that I do want it that's a great deal so I had to go back and like deal with this lady get the credit card make the payment all while she's asking questions about my wife <laughs> yeah, like, she's, my wife has passed away yeah. the In reason the past hour but I need this coffee table. <laughs> she would have wanted it yeah I came back and I, she was like oh you're back and I was like yeah I, she, she told me to go ahead and pull the trigger she didn't need to say it and I just kept lying oh, for the next half hour I really, I really want to meet your assertive wife yeah. oh, she told me to pull the trigger wife. yeah, yeah. Oh, you know how Sally is. Yeah. <laughs> Always with those gun metaphors. <laughs> yeah. And so I had to not say something to trip myself up, but I wonder what it had would have happened if I'd just been like, listen, I just said that so that I didn't have to buy it right then. She, that, she probably would have appreciated it. You were that. buying it from her anyway. She would have appreciated it. Yeah. If she was getting the sale. Yeah, just mm -hmm. to be like... Why would you lie about something so just to get out of a social obligation of continuing to listen to yeah. a salesperson? You yeah, just lie about it. It's dude. We all get that. You're bringing me back to a time when I first moved to New Orleans. I lived by this Pier One, and I bought all this furniture at Pier One for my new apartment. And there was this beautiful saleswoman who I was so sure was into me. Yeah, like the waitress. And I asked her out and she said no. <laughs> <laughs> and it haunts me to this. I Did you thought, lie about I, having I a wife? I thought about this in, <laughs> in six years and I, you just brought me back to that. Very I spent sad. I spent many of my late teen years hitting on servers and people that I thought were like, well, she obviously well, likes she me. Obviously she's so likes nice. She's yeah. really nice to me. Yeah. It's this weird thing where like every time someone expects a tip, they're like super flirty with me. Yeah. I had to explain to a coworker about this when he came back from a grocery store and he was like, he was like, man, the, the girl at the register is being such a fucking bitch. And I was like, why? And he was like, you know, I was just being real friendly and I was smiling and I was chatting with her and she was just like trying to push me through. And I was like, do you not understand what the purpose of her job is, is to push as many people through her register as you can within right. a certain amount of time? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, she's... Like, it's not a club. She's not there to meet men. She's just getting paid to do a terrible yeah. job. Right. That dude's the only one passing through. Yeah. She's stuck there for eight hours. Yeah. Uh -huh. And he had no idea that, like, that was why she was being brusque with him. <laughs> and I'm like, these men exist where they're bothering people just trying to do their jobs. Just uh -huh. women working somewhere and some guys like... Yeah, she wants to fuck me. Yeah, I'm gonna. Well, it's tough. I, it's tough to get laid as a man. You know, you got to be pushy. How did you? <laughs> Great segue. The physicality of that was very funny. Your listeners won't be able to push you. Yeah. So, how did you get with your current girl? 
Oh, uh, Tinder. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We did not use that app right at all. The uh, we, uh, yeah, uh, we started off as a hookup, and uh, yeah, because I was only uh, in the area for a couple months. Uh, I met her in my hometown, and uh, we started hooking up. We were, we were on Tinder, and uh, I, you know, told her pretty early on, like, "Hey, look, I'm going back to LA uh, in the summer." Uh, so just so you know, and she's like, yeah, that's cool. And we had this like unofficial, like, yeah, we won't, when I leave, that'll be it. And then, uh, we just both caught feelings and, uh, we said, you know, well, I want to go out. I'll try to make it work. Let's do the long distance thing. Wow. And then like the additional, no, I think we felt this way before we left, but the additional communication while we were doing long distance kind of like sort of just solidified, you know, the fact like I love her and, you know, that's great, back. so yeah, that's it's awesome. great. And it was a, a Tinder success story. So success for everyone stories. that says Tinder doesn't work, I used to believe that too. And, it does. Uh, There's a great, I can't remember if it was the New Yorker, New York magazine. There was a story or a personal essay, even though I've expressed my hatred for them about time limited relationships and how satisfying those often are when your relationship has a definite end date. Sure. And it really allows you to live in the moment of the relationship because you're not worried about like, oh, What's do they still happen? like me? Right, What's going right, to happen? Yeah. Are we going to get helps, married? That helped Becky and I for sure. Yeah. It, it was a really, and I've thought about all the time limited times that I've had. And I was like, yeah, those are all great. I don't have any bad memory of like a thing where I knew it had to end. It always felt right that way. I need to do more of those. I need to do more <laughs> lying about how long I'm in the city for. <laughs> and I'm just visiting for the next three months. Uh, My wife, uh, <laughs> she needs <laughs> me back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the. Uh, I'm sorry. What was the specific question? Just how did I meet? Yeah, no, I was just wondering if you're a, a an aggressive aggressor. No, not at sex all. Aggr- am, sexual aggressor. I am not at all. I'm very the well, big problem. As I've been older, I've been a little more. Th- if I, I think if online dating had been a thing when I was younger, I would have been able to overcome this. But I was never really good at the approach. Wow. I never had the self esteem to approach people, and so I, I'm a much different person now because I'm a stand up comic. So I don't even have that. That fear doesn't really exist in me anymore. But now online dating is just so convenient. And, well, that's why everybody seems to yeah. appreciate it more because it's. You know, yeah, you don't have that horrible feeling of being rejected. In I person. know if she thinks I'm attractive immediately, so I don't have to worry about what was when you have no self-esteem or a very basic framework of self-esteem that it, you know, to have someone confirm you're walking up like, oh, yeah, she's not going to like me for whatever your self-esteem is because I'm short or I'm bald uh, or whatever. I'm a short, bald guy, listeners. So the, uh, but like, <laughs> but like, it, 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 then to them tell you it doesn't matter why they say no. They could say no because they legitimately have a boyfriend, uh, you know. Yeah. But it still is a little crushing when you're young and you're you haven't learned to not base your it's self-esteem off how you're perceived. I mean, it's completely crushing. No matter any time, in I life, don't know. I feel like crushing. now. I feel like now it doesn't really affect me that bit like oh no no okay cool sure. <laughs> right. okay, see you later <laughs> i mean maybe it's because as comics we do the crucible of bombing like i try yeah, to relate right. to bombing to people yeah. as in like have you ever gone up and like if it's a guy have you ever gone up and tried to talk to a girl at a bar and not only has she said no but like ew no you're ugly get out of yeah. here i've had a few of those disasters <laughs> and they're awful and that's what bombing feels like but there's 50 if you're having a good crowd 50 people there doing it watching to you. it happen. so i think like once yeah. you bomb and 
enough as a comedian, one stranger Not telling you to you. fuck yeah, off yeah. is like, yeah. okay, you know, like I, I mean, I guess if I could see if it was somebody that I like, if I was single and I'd worked with someone and developed a little crush, that would still hurt me. But just somebody that I saw it on the street. No, I, I just don't. Yeah. I'm too jaded and fucked up. But it's funny that once I got to that point, that was when I used to be like a serial dater. I would only have like a couple month long relationships and they'd fall apart. Uh, but since I became more of a self-confident person, I've become a long relationship person. My relationships are all in the years now, you know, count. We'll see. This, I think, is the last one. I think this is my terminal. That's good, man. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. Only a man would describe marriage. This is my terminal yeah. relationship. Yeah. This is it. It's all over <laughs> after this. Yeah. It's all done. I'm sorry. My girlfriend doesn't listen to my podcast. So That's she's fine. smart. Yeah. She should, though. You should sell her on it. Have her listen to the episodes you're not on. Yeah, there you go. I'll have her listen to the uh, the Heather Maroli ones. She'll like those. I would. She made her way into another episode. She's going to be so happy. She's going to be so thrilled. I wanted to tell a dumb story about okay. my experience doing my civic duty, uh, which is that I had jury duty recently, and I hadn't had jury duty in nine years of living out here. So I don't know what I did to avoid it. But I kind of have this... I feel. I think that everybody should do jury duty and... One of the things that bothers me about it is when I was telling my bosses, they're all at work going like, oh, man, that's rough. You got jury duty, which is aggravating because really we should all be thrilled to do it. But what we've allowed corporations to do is transfer our loyalty to them instead of to the government. Yeah, that's true. And so it's more important to not miss work. Even though jury duty is really easier than work. You go right. and you sit in a room. You're done by 4.30 because courts have ridiculously short days. And you sit there and most of the time you don't have to do anything. So I would be, I don't know if there's a movement to do this, but I think that the government should force companies to pay their employees on jury duty days. Absolutely. That would be awesome. They absolutely 100%. should. I you, completely agree. You get off. You're, they, they're mandated to let you go without being fired. But for a lot of people, it's a financial burden to yeah, do jury duty. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And they you pay you fifteen dollars for doing jury duty. I did it once, and my boss yeah, asked ridiculous. me what I did to get out of it. You know, he was like, "Would you? Did you tell him? You know, did you tell him you didn't?" Well, like- right. The the response is, "Well, then fucking pay people to do jury duty, right?" I yeah. mean, that's the that the well, if the government wants you to do it so bad, they should pay you to be there. Or they can give or provide a tax break to the company or some kind yeah. of subsidizing. I think you have to do it at the company level because trying to pay somebody like if you make a good living, then the government's never going to be able to give you enough yeah. pay. You know what I mean? Maybe a, a McDonald's they should, employee. They might. should be forced to pay. I mean, I don't know. It's with some small company, it's hard hard to see them well, imagine you get called for a two-month trial what's well, the same thing yeah it would be bad, like but... with healthcare, right where obamacare you, it, businesses under 50 people are exempt or whatever yeah, it is right, you know there's, there's got to be carve outs for like sure. rough situations but like you yeah. said perfectly it's a civic duty yeah you know what i mean you should be proud to well, do it i was really disturbed during jury duty how many people were actively trying to get to out, get of out of right. and yeah, i know really there's gross. incentives and motivations for that and they can't help it a lot of those people it's like well i i, I can't afford to miss work because right. if i miss a week of work i'm gonna be fucked i'm not gonna be able to pay my rent like i get that and we shouldn't yeah. be in that situation right it's but again, companies have taken over our loyalties. Now right. we're loyal to our employer over yeah. over the United States. Yep. It's really sick. Yeah, that was 
the that was a part of the experience where I was just like, "Fuck, man, this system is busted. It's no wonder. It's no wonder the trial system in this country is all such garbage." Yeah, yep. no, I agree. Yeah, so I was at the L.A. Superior Court, and they have you sit in a big room, and you're just there for hours. Nothing happens, and then they call in panels, and they do voir dire where they ask questions. So I voir made dire. voir dire, voir dire, sorry, voir dire. Voir dire. I, I was Vordar. Vordar. That's what say in Texas. <laughs> I was I made it to like three and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of it again, of course. And then they, they called me upstairs and we go into the room and everybody's there and everybody's well dressed and looks nice and I was like, Oh, this is some kind of it was a criminal case. I knew that, but I was like, I don't know what this is gonna be. And I come in and we sit down and they're like, All right, this is a state of California versus so and so. The crime is a lewd acts upon a child. Yikes. And I was like Great. Now we're in Disney's wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, something I know a little thing or two about. And I was juror number two. You're just like, I would love to be on this case. Um, I am very much looking forward to being a part of this investigation. Can't wait to do my civic duty, then you lick your lips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they, so I was up in the jury box first, and what they do is they go down the line and they ask you questions about who you are and what you do, if you have a spouse, if you have any kids, uh, and we went through all of that. And it was weird, like, just watching this random assortment of people. First of all, I never want to get uh, convict, accused of a felony because if I have the people that were on my jury. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's so fucked up 12. that all these people don't want to serve on juries. It's like, imagine... If you're being tried, do you exactly. really want a bunch right. of idiots up there? Well, exactly. you know? like the, the people, people too who... dumb to get out of it, yeah. basically, yeah. is what my dad lawyer has said before. Like your your trial will basically be the twelve people too dumb not to get yeah. out of jail. Yeah, yeah, or too like right. They don't have any commitments, so right. they can just yeah. Well, not even they don't have commitments. It's that they like I don't know. They're, they're manipulatable. So the right. the lawyers looked at them yeah. and were like, you know, I can. We can make this guy. For who, whatever yeah. lawyer approved you, they think that they can play you. Yeah. 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 And so I was I was in there forever, and most of the time, anytime they came to me, I just answered immediately. I didn't sit and try to think about it. I was like, yes, yes, no. They're like, do you think you can judge this uh, without being prejudiced by the nature of the charges? And I was like, sure. Uh and then other people in the jury were already starting their shenanigans to get out by being like, oh, I have a cousin who was molested, and I don't think that I could be. It was just that going on and on. Uh, and when the uh, – I had a few amusing interactions with the lawyers because the defense attorney – and I'm pretty sure I caused problems for the trial by, by this. <laughs> but the defense attorney, I know that he wanted me on the jury – because I'm a single man and mm -hmm. they wanted the defense wanted single men on the jury with no kids. Sure. And he was like, uh, he was asking everyone, have you ever thought, have you ever heard of a situation where a child lied about sexual abuse because they were told to or some other thing? And everybody on the jury was like, no, I've never heard of that. He's like, not even in the media. There's never been any media case that you've heard of. And everybody's like, no, no, no. And then he finally gets to me. He's like, what about you? Juror number two. Have you ever heard of a media situation? And I was like, uh, the McMartin trial. <laughs> and he goes, he points at me. He goes, 
Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> What's the McMartin trial? That's one of the uh, 80s satanic ritual oh, abuse yeah. frauds that was happening to all those daycares. Um, I, I just happen to know that one off the top of my head because that's what I was thinking about. And that guy so, was like, juror number two. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, God, I love you. He kept bringing it up afterwards. <laughs> like, we'd be in some other questioning, and he'd be like, so have you ever heard of a situation like the McMartin trial? And he always got objected to by the prosecution. Yeah, <laughs> Objection, yeah. only juror two, yeah. number two knows what that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I saw like four objections. So this thing that I've been waiting to see my entire life in, in, in reality happened. How was it? It was great. Yeah. I I can't think of a better thing than objections and because it's such a stuffy legal like rule bound proceeding and you can just stand up and yeah. scream objection that's like a great little variable yeah it. it was my favorite thing as a kid watching objection yeah objection, objection your, objection, your, your objection, honor your honor relevance think, yeah I always wanted an objection to be have an overruled screamed back yeah objection overruled you know like that's the the dream I went when I was a kid I wanted to be a lawyer just for that. So yeah. I could object to stuff. Objection. <laughs> so I saw like four objections. And then the other funny thing that happened was the prosecutor, the ADA, asked me a bunch of questions. And she did not like me because she was like, you know, you're very decisive. You just say things in a very decisive way. And I was like, well, I guess. I like, are you here <laughs> to insult my personality? Yeah. Or? <laughs> what do you want? Me, what do you want me to do? So like, you really. Suck. I do. I, though I do like that. Your your response to you're really decisive is, uh, well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, maybe. Uh, and then at the end of her questioning, and keep in mind, nobody in this room knows my name except the judge and the attorneys. Nobody else knows my name. So at the end of her questioning, she goes, "I have to ask," and I was like. Uh, is this really uh, is this really going to happen? Yeah. She goes, do you have an annual pass to the happiest place on earth? Oh, boo. And I was like, no. And the defense attorney was like, what? <laughs> what was that question? <laughs> and then she repeated it and he was like, oh. And I was sitting there and I was, and nobody laughed at the reference yeah, because nobody, nobody knew, knew my fucking <laughs> name and it just bombed it was great because right. everybody was like what the fuck is yeah. she talking about it's great. but i was sitting there, this I was like, the prosecutor yeah th this is the the person prosecuting this case Jesus. she's bothering juror number two that's funny so we went through a round of peremptory challenges and i was you, kept on you but, were kept on but, but the second round they booted me because wow. they did a bunch of peremptory challenges and they got rid of some people that both attorneys agreed on getting rid of. Yeah, as soon as you helped the defense, the prosecution, there's no way they were going to. Well, she booted get. all of the single yeah. men with no kids. Yeah, all of us yeah. were removed on her second round of stuff. Yeah. Well, they have to have some theory. You know, I mean, usually, as they say, all that jury selection nonsense actually ends up. Being bullshit, but it's like it ends up not really. Some lawyers will swear but... by it, though. They'll say your your case is won on jury yeah. selection. I don't know how true that is. Well, it was. It was funny because there were some people that were trying to get off that they wouldn't let off. And they yeah. were, there was like this old queen that was on the jury who kept making quips. Yeah. And I think he was trying to get off, mm. but they wouldn't knock him off. Huh. At, yeah. one, at one point, uh, they I think the defense attorney asked him like, oh, would you be able to deal with some other thing? Uh, and he said something. He's like, I don't know how your client's staying awake. And the defense attorney was like, 
what? <laughs> and he was obviously trying to be like, I'm just going to quit my way out of this jury, but mm, it didn't, didn't work. work. No. Yeah. yeah. I was annoyed by everyone. Yeah. That just seems like I've only ever been called Such and dismissed the day thing, of. Though, you know? Such a fun I loved, I loved the experience. If Everyone should do it. Like, oh, it, yeah. If you yeah. can afford to do it. I would it, love to. It's the best, but it really, you're sitting there and you're like, holy shit. Like, I don't know how any trial is fair. Mm-hmm. So did your, did your work pay you? No. Well, mine does because I'm a salary employee. Oh, so right. they have to. They right. can't deduct pay from me because of jury duty. Oh, they can't. So they do pay you. Well, but I'm on salary. Because of the terms of his job. Yeah. My, my specific employment status allows it to happen. But that's, if I was hourly, so I'd be fucked. if you're a salaried employee, they have to pay you. Yes. Yeah, you get paid for 40 hours a week just flat. It doesn't matter if you work 40 hours or 60 or whatever. It it doesn't matter. Yeah, it all comes out in the wash. But that's not the case for a lot of people. Most people. Salary is not really common. A lot of people have to, uh, they're working hourly or they have some other structure or it's like a day rate. Like if you were working on a production, Dan, I assume that if you got called in for jury duty... I would just not have, I would not, I would probably lose the job. Like, although it's illegal to fire you, they would just not call me back. You know what I mean? Like, it would just like whatever, whatever way they could get to just not call me back. They wouldn't, they would replace me and then they would just work with my replacement. No. Yeah. They wouldn't care. Yeah. It's a, it's a very broken system and it shouldn't be. It should be functional, but you can, it's the entire process. You can see how damaging like you know. the media presentation of, of trials is too. Oh God, Because yeah. the judge is like, all right, listen, this is not like law and order. It's not going to be over in 45 minutes. <laughs> it's not like CSI. There's right. no detailed uh, DNA evidence that you're going to see that's going to point definitively. This right. is a thing you have to take seriously and it's going to be dull sometimes yeah. and it's going to be tedious, but we've got to get through it. This is how scary it is in that jury room. The judge at the beginning of the trial, or of the the process, he goes, uh, I want to talk about the presumption of innocence and how that works. What I want everyone to keep in mind is that the judge, the job of the prosecution is to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the defendant committed this crime. However, as of this moment, he's innocent. Regardless of the charges that you've heard, this mm. is a man who's been presumed innocent. So the defense attorney picked up on that and he goes, so I want to ask you guys a little thought experiment. He's like, juror number six, let's say that right now the judge told you to go into the next room and make a determination of guilty or not guilty for the defendant. You you have no other information. This is all the information that you have. What is your verdict? And they're like, guilty. (laughs) (laughs) And, And he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> that is the wrong the wrong answer. So anyway, Why don't that in an episode of Law and Order. That's great. Don't commit crimes yeah. because the people yeah, yeah. who are determining your innocence or guilt mm-hmm. are fucking stupid. Yeah. Right. Rather be carried by six than judged by twelve. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more with the thing you're saying about that now it's like we have this loyalty to companies. It's like, oh, I need to get off so I can work at the company. As yeah. if that's going to be so much better than me sitting here. You no. know, it's like actually no. going to be better if you're sitting here. You're going to go home day. earlier and you get an hour yeah, and a half yeah, break. I know, they I break know. for an hour and it's a half for lunch. And yeah, no, when it's I work. Depending and, on what your job is, you're actually doing something at jury duty. Yeah, yeah. you're doing you something know, for yeah. society. No, you're contributing something. Yeah. Right. I, when I worked at the DA's Serious. office, we had this judge, like somebody, old man O'Malley. Who Guilty. was this old Irish judge? <laughs> I love and old he used to, to tear people up when they he would hold them after when they tried to get out of jury duty, like the the people who were real assholes about it. He would say, uh, "Juror number blank and blank and blank. I need you to stay after." Yeah. Nice. And they, they, he would sit there and just scold them. Yeah. He'd just be like, Good "What? Like, do, do you think? Like, what if you were in here? Yeah. You know, like, would you really want a bunch of people trying to be like, oh, I need to like go to do my thing, like, yeah. or do you want people to take this seriously?" Yeah, I agree, man. It's and this is something. Like instead, we're learning about goddamn intersectionality and like, let's see how many fucking sex hormones I can give my children. Go this way. Whereas, <laughs> we're, like, we're doing so well. <laughs> 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 uh, that's actually probably a good ending. Anything it, you want to plug? Anything you want to plug? Yeah, we're. Guys? I know. I'm well, not. I'm on the road. I'm going to be producing shows in Philadelphia. So if we have any listeners in Philadelphia, I don't have the venue yet. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at Dan Dapriel on Twitter, Danny Dapriel on Instagram. Uh, that's D A P R I L E. Follow me. Come to see my shows. Not a huge fan podcast at gmail.com. You want a daddy to take your panties off?